Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. The process of becoming the new beast of the East begins in less than one hour on ESPN. But how much will we see from the process out of the gate? Hear it straight out of Brett Brown's mouth in a moment. Are the Wolves, who take on the Spurs in the second game of our doubleheader, finally ready to emerge from the rest of the pack and run with the other big dogs in the West? And while the Rockets took the opener, does it mean they're really ready to take down the Dubs? Plus, the Dodgers looking to take their place in the World Series will take you inside both clubhouses ahead of Game 4. Welcome to the best 60 minutes of your day. There's a look at tonight's 6 at 6 starting with the minutes limit for the fourth player to average 25 points, 10 rebounds, and three blocks per 36 minutes in NBA history. Here they come. Philadelphia on the run. Stand up and cheer. You know that song, Tim Legler. Number one. Know it well. Philadelphia. Here they come. Team of the year. One, two, three, four, five. Sixers. 10, 9, 8, 76ers. Yeah, about that Joel Embiid minutes restriction in the teens. Here, Brett Brown singing that tune. Sometimes he feels like he lets down the fans, you know, if he's not going to go fight a little bit. And it's part of who he is. And we have an, a, a fantastic medical group behind me that is very prideful, very thoughtful, very intelligent on why we do what we do. You know, he wants to go play and... He, um, it's my job to like use the minutes as wisely as I can, but certainly help better explain to him. The, and he knows this. He, he, he understands it is for his best interest. I promise I'm never singing again. At least not the rest of this. <laughs> That's second. a lie. You're going to sing. You're probably I know, singing I really anymore. will. So listen, I was singing a different tune yesterday. I was hot about the process being limited out of the gate as long as we've been waiting to see him play again. But hot off the presses, that was shoot-around sound, Tim Legler. And pregame availability, Brett Brown said that his minutes limit could increase quickly. And he also said earlier, in fairness, that it's not a hard limit. So I'm trusting the process. I'm back to trusting the process. So now you got two number one picks making their debut tonight. You got Joel Embiid. Um, You got the new look Sixers. You got the Wizards who think they're the best team in the Eastern Conference. To whom and to what are you most looking forward to tonight on ESPN? Uh, Definitely to Philadelphia 76ers without question. because No bias. No, no, no bias. It is my backyard. I got a lot of friends tonight hanging on this, right? So we'll be chiming in throughout the game, texting those guys. I'm just interested to see what it looks like now that the games matter and they're actually playing with expectations for the first time. They went through what they did. It was an embarrassing period of losing by NBA standards to get these players, to get them healthy, to get them on the court at the same time. To this point, all we have seen are meaningless games. They count now. There are expectations. I actually have the Philadelphia 76ers as the eighth spot in the Eastern Conference this year. That's my prediction for them, and that's obviously assuming health for Embiid and Simmons, and they play the majority of the year, the vast majority of the year. So tonight it matters. It counts. I want to see what that looks like. The 18 minutes sounded absurd to me, Yeah, and I'm going to tell you why. How can you start a player and give him an 18-minute restriction? Because if you just think about that, okay, what does that mean? Is that four, four-and-a-half-minute stretches? Right. What does that mean down the stretch when you're trying to win basketball games Correct. for once? And you can't get into a rhythm playing four-and-a-half minutes at a time. It's certainly not three six-minute stretches because yeah. that means he's going he's gonna to miss you know, a, a large portion of one of those halves. Yeah. That's not going to happen. So how do you win 
because you're expected to win now. Right. And how do you get a guy in rhythm playing him 18 minutes as a starter? Yes. It's a lot easier if he's coming off the bench and you say, okay, I'm going to play him two nine-minute stretches, one in the first half, one in the second. That makes a little bit more sense. Mm-hmm. If you're starting him, I don't see how that's possible. The number's too low. The number will increase quickly, maybe even tonight. Yeah. You see him up 23-24 and then getting up there in that 26-28 range, I think, in the early part you of the season. You mentioned meaningful basketball. Last night we saw Ben Simmons play meaningful basketball was at LSU. We know yeah. how that season right. went. John Wall, you can't tell him he's not the best point guard in the Eastern Conference, if not the entire NBA. How soon does Ben Simmons take the step to be a part of that group is what I'm looking forward to tonight. So I know Embiid's going to be great in limited action. Fultz, he'll, he's a work in progress coming off the bench. Ben Simmons, you talk about, you know, we haven't seen anything meaningful. I saw a lot of Instagram videos. I saw a lot of practice and preseason videos, and he can throw some serious passes. So I'm looking forward to him tonight him finally making his long-awaited debut. So, uh, the Bulls broke Bobby Portis off with an eight-game suspension for breaking Nikola Mirotic's face and leaving him with a concussion during a practice fight Tuesday. It seems a little light given that Mirotic is expected to miss four to six weeks, although let Peter Messi tell it, Mirotic had it coming. Anyway, rookie Larry Markkinen will get his first career start during the season opener Thursday against the Raptors. Jimmy Butler says his name is Paul, and that's between y'all. Bennett, and he ain't in it. Do you see oh, anything brewing with your time in Chicago with what happened there yesterday? Well, I mean, hey, all I know is I'm not to blame for this. <laughs> uh, I'm going to just, uh, I don't know. I'm to be quiet on the matter. Uh, Jimmy Butler's not the bad guy. So Jimmy Butler, he was second in the NBA last season in player efficiency rating during clutch time. Last five minutes of the game, score within five points. Only behind MVP Russell Westbrook. So Minnesota brought him in not just to help them get over a 13-year playoff drought. Start by closing regular season games. They lost 25 games last season in which they led at any point in the fourth quarter, which leads us to tonight's second game of the doubleheader. So uh, our basketball power index, Tim, as you know, they got the Timberwolves increasing from 16 games uh, win total from last season to this season. That's the biggest jump of anybody. I mentioned that 13-year playoff draw. A lot of people expect them to be in the playoffs. You know the Spurs are going to be there when it's all said and done, even though no Kawhi Leonard tonight. 7-1 last season without him. What do you expect to learn about these young T-Wolves in tonight's game against the Spurs? Uh, first thing I want to see is are they more attentive to the defensive end of the floor than they were a year ago. Amen. That was incredibly frustrating for Tom Thibodeau to get in there and realize how far they were from being a good defensive team that pays attention to detail. And to me, it starts – with Wiggins, because I think he has the athletic ability, the range, the reach, the versatility mm-hmm. to become maybe even an all-league type of defense. That's what he's expected player. to be out of Kansas. Right. He's supposed to be this, this stopper. No question. When you watched him last year, though, how many times I would see him literally just turn, right. start staring at the basketball, and get back cut for a layup. Right. Just straight up attentive. Yeah. And that is what Wiggins needs to address. Carl Anthony Towns, the same. Those exactly. two players have to make significant jumps in their maturity level. I love Butler coming in. T. Gibson, Jamal Crawford, they've significantly improved their team. For me, though, the biggest difference is going to be in Wiggins, and his numbers might not be as good. In fact, I'll say this. If Minnesota reached its potential, if they are to do that, I think his numbers have to decrease Yeah. because that means he's playing harder. Maybe that means fewer minutes on the court than 37. Maybe he doesn't average 24 because Jimmy Butler's there now. Maybe he averages 18 to 20, but he's shutting guys down, and right. it leads to winning basketball. More effort on that end. And it, look, right. it's two ways this extension can go. It could either be pressure to live up to it, or it could be relief. Now you got your money. Now you don't have to worry about getting your buckets. And we know they could all put it in the basket. Carl Anthony Towns, second half of last year, crazy. 29 points, 60% from the field, 43 from three. He should be better yeah. on a defensive end 
and they should all be better when it comes to the defensive end. So I'm not so much worried about who's taking the last shot, whose team it is. I'm looking at can they guard, and I can't think of a much better test. It's not Golden State, it's not Houston, but a much better test out of the gate, even without Kawhi Leonard and Tony Parker, than a disciplined Spurs offense and a mature Greg Popovich team to see just how far this team can grow overnight. It's a great point. It's a great opening test, and it yep. gives Tom Thibodeau a real idea of how locked in they are at the start of the year. What a tremendous confidence boost yep. that would be to go into San Antonio on opening night and beat them. All right, now we got to go to the depressing part. So depressing. No use in showing it to you again because if you saw it, you wish you could unsee it. Uh, Celtics titleized. They went from 10 to 1 to 20 to 1. But can we forget for now about your rooting interest and what it means for the East? We all just wish we could turn back time. Best wishes for, and prayers up for Gordon Hayward. Earlier, Hayward's agent told Woj that he would evaluate a course of action for surgical scenarios. Here's Brad Stevens. He's down. Um, obviously, you know, there's a physical pain to it, but I think there's also um, doubled by the, the emotional pain of, you know, he put a lot of effort into trying to start this this career out well uh, in Boston. And um, But this is a setback. Um, you know, we're expecting a full recovery, um, and we know there are going to be a lot of tough days ahead on that recovery. But at the same time, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, Hopefully he'll improve day to day, but it's been tough. It's been tough on him. So that was Brad Stevens within the hour. Uh, Before we discuss the psychological impact, I want you to hear from somebody who obviously went through a horrific injury of his own playing for Team USA and then came back maybe better than ever, and that's Paul George, who also spoke earlier today. Take a listen. I felt devastated. Uh, I was, like, nauseous watching it. Just going back to that place, so... Immediately after it happened, I texted Gordon. We talked last night. Um, I just tried to get the words of encouragement. Just try to be there for him. It's a little bit of everything. It's physical, it's mentally. I'm sure, emotional. He's, he's, he's in a, a different state of mind. Honestly, it's, it's hard to get over that. Jeff Goodman, what's the mood like today around the Celtics franchise? You know, looking on the court and you're watching guys do their normal routines, you know, whether it's Jalen Brown sitting down watching film uh, on the bench with Micah Shrewsbury, the assistant, uh, Jason Tatum, the rookie, talking to Marcus Morris, who's out. Brad Stevens, you could tell he's a little bit uh, flustered because, again, he has known Gordon Hayward since he was a kid. Yeah. I mean, he recruited him at Butler, coached him a couple years, and he's taking this uh, certainly difficult but he knows life goes on. He's got to figure it out. He's talking about, you know, his main mission right now is to make sure he's there for Gordon Hayward. But also he's got to make tweaks because the loss of Gordon Hayward changes things for the Celtics. Marcus Smart enters the starting lineup. And certainly the Celtics trying to figure out right now if they're going to have Gordon Hayward at all this season. I spoke to his agent, Mark Bartlestein, a little while ago, and discussions are still ongoing. All right, Jeff Gibbon with the latest from Boston ahead of Celtics Bucks tonight. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, I want to go back, Tim Legler, to what Paul George was talking about, the mental part. And Kobe Bryant penned a great message on Instagram, Mamba Mentality, talking about the recovery process for Gordon Hayward. What's, what's that going to be like for him? They're expecting a full physical recovery, but the mental recovery to come back from doing something that's so routine and suffering as gruesome an injury as we've seen in recent memory? You know, unfortunately, I have a little bit of experience, right? So I tore three ligaments in my knee at the same time, dislocated my kneecap. And I was laying there on that court that night in Washington, and I knew 
how bad it was. I knew what the process was ahead of me. You're in shock at first. You wake up the next day and you are despondent because you know what's about to happen Mm -hmm. to you for the next nine to 12 months or however long it's going to take in his case. Very difficult. And what happens is eventually your spirits get picked up and you start to focus on your rehab as your full time job. And that's all you're thinking about. That's all you're focused on. He's obviously upset. He's going to miss the majority of, if not all of this season. Uh, And the hope going into this year, it was the biggest year of his career. He just signed a dream contract. He's in a team now with expectations. He thought he was going to help lead them potentially to the NBA Finals. That is really difficult to process here in the first 48, 72 hours. Eventually, you get back to understanding, this is my job now. My job is to go five, six hours a day to physical therapy and get myself back on the court as fast as I can. Well, And not just for him, the psychological uh, distress for the team. I mean, you look at their initial reaction. This is why this isn't your typical devastating injury. Not just was it gruesome, but it comes so soon into a season. Like, I, I didn't think they had enough to get past Cleveland to begin with. That's just my opinion. They certainly didn't share that opinion. A lot of people around that team that covered the NBA didn't share that opinion. People thought they could take down Cleveland this year. So now you lose a guy that your whole plan as a franchise was to acquire him. Kyrie Irving, part of the reason come, wanting to go to Boston or, or, or getting traded to Boston was to play with his friend Gordon Hayward. So as a, as a team, it's just really – there's two ways you can look at it. I mean, look, this was, this is, they signed him for the next five years. This isn't a one-year thing where they had to win this right. year or bust. It wasn't right. championship or bust this year. But still, I mean, a lot of young guys, what's it going to take for them to still remain competitive and try, emphasis on try, to replace Gordon Hayward's production? I'll take it a step further. Not only do I not think they were that short-term sighted in terms of thinking it was going to be this year, I actually think they were thinking beyond this year. No doubt. They want it now and correct. next. Because I don't think Danny Ainge makes this trade unless he believes LeBron James is leaving Cleveland. Mm. So he wants to position his team to be the next dominant team over a five- to six-year sustained run of excellence. So this year, it was almost house money in a way. I don't know necessarily believe that they thought they were going to get by Cleveland. They just wanted to be right there on the doorstep. No doubt. When that team dissolves, they're the next team. So from that standpoint, maybe the timeline hasn't been disrupted. Here's what happens right now for this team. Yeah, it's depressing right now. You're still in a state of shock as an organization. They're not sliding into the abyss. This team will not be below 500. They will still win somewhere probably mid-40s to high-40s in games, in my opinion. I still think they could be in maybe the four seed, maybe the five, depending on what Milwaukee does. But I think Toronto and Washington now realistically should finish ahead of them. Uh, They're not going anywhere. The young players are going to get a chance to develop well, that's at a higher say. rate this if year. You, if you, that's exactly what I was going to say to close this up. If you were going to turn a frown upside down, the Jalen Browns and the Jason Tatums of the world, their, their development is accelerated, and maybe you build a foundation that Gordon Hayward adds to come next year when he comes back better Completely than agree. All right, uh, the Dodgers, they've been clicking on all cylinders this postseason. One win away from getting back to the World Series for the first time since 88. I hate saying that because it's like that wasn't that long ago as far as I'm concerned. Anyway, 2-3-3 ERA as a team. The Pendles. Even better, 1-2-1, one, one, as the Cubs know all too well. As a team, they have an 851 OPS, best in the playoffs, and they've had 324 in the fifth inning or later. Later on, they look to close out the Cubs at Wrigley, Pedro Gomez in Chicago. So Dodgers, as I mentioned, on the brink of their first World Series appearance since 88. What are they saying about the importance of tonight's game? In other words, Pedro, how hell-bent are they on closing this thing out tonight and not giving the Cubs even a little bit of life? I mean, when you have a 3-0 lead, you always want to smother the opponent and not give them any, any thoughts of having any life. So, of course, the Dodgers are very excited about the possibility of closing this out. 
One issue, though, however, they, they have Alex Wood on the mound tonight. And Alex Wood had a tremendous season for the Dodgers, numbers-wise, everything about him. The issue has been he was supposed to pitch game four of the first round against the Diamondbacks. Well, there was no game four because the Diamondbacks swept. So the last time Alex Wood faced major league hitters was 22 days ago, the last week of September against the San Diego Padres. So there's a great unknown. Now, look, pitching coach Rick Honeycutt did tell me, look, if by some chance that, that tonight is the last game until the World Series, we're pretty set up rest-wise. Don't forget Clayton Kershaw is scheduled to go tomorrow should there be a Game 5, which would be on a Thursday. The World Series starts on a Tuesday. He would still be lined up to go every five days. But you've got to remember that extra rest in October is never a bad thing for a major league pitcher. Uh, and, by the way, Michael, yeah. the wind is blowing straight out to center field once again. So... Home run hitters, beware. Yeah, you mentioned extra rest in October. Chris Bryant acknowledged that the champs are tired. Let's see if they can dig down and extend their season. Yeah. Pedro Gomez, we appreciate it. The day after he wasn't allowed at the team's facility, Ezekiel Elliott went through Cowboys practice as usual because just about this time last night, a U.S. District Judge was preparing the greatest temporary restraining order, blocking his six-game suspension and clearing him to play Sunday at San Francisco. When you get accused of something of, of that magnitude, you know, you kind of get labeled as a, an abuser, and that's just not that's not me. That's not how I want to be seen. That's not what I want to represent my family. And uh, so, I mean, it's just important for me to, to to fight. Andrew Luck received a cortisone shot to relieve inflammation in his right shoulder. Will continue to rehab, but will discontinue throwing for the time being. He had surgery on his shoulder in January, practiced for two days two weeks ago, then amped up his workload during his two days of practice last week. Uh, GM Chris Ballard didn't put a timeline on Luck's rehab, nor did he shut the door on the possibility of putting his franchise quarterback on IR, which would officially end his season. Damian Woody's at the move. Shut it down. Shut it down. Yeah. Shut it down. I mean, you're talking about he's the franchise. He's a franchise guy. I mean, you literally gave, gave him the bag, as we like to say. Mm-hmm. And when you get somebody the bag, you, you invest in him long term. You, you know, they made a smart move by trading for Jacoby Brissett. I thought that was like a godsend for the Indianapolis Colts. Right. And um, so I think long term, there's no way you can risk putting him out there. Well, I'll just ask you this. that Maybe they do it procedurally for roster or whatever, whatever the reason might be. But just as a teammate, if you're as a competitor, you're Andrew Luck, unless you're at risk of a setback, it may just be soreness. You need to rest in and it's part of the process. But unless you're at risk of a setback, uh, even if it's four games, even if the season is, quote unquote, lost and you don't have a chance to contend like you thought you might with an Andrew Luck, do you still go out there for your team? It's almost like if I may compare it, is it it just like Cam Newton playing through surgery last year? Where he felt like, I, if, if I can play, I want to play. So if you're Andrew Luck, if you're not at risk of further damage, if this is just soreness and you pick it back up and you can play at any point this season, do you owe it to yourself and your team to do that? Well, you, listen, any competitor is going to want to play. Right. I mean, because players play. Football players play. And See, even from, a, from an organizational from standpoint, a, what, do you it, still put him out there as, as, if he's cleared, whenever that is? Well, oh, absolutely. Sure. But I think the biggest thing is, see, that's what the organization is for. Sometimes yeah. the organization has to save the player from himself. Because you got to get the first time, they may not that, be. That's here. true. That's yeah. true. A lot of the blame has to go on the Indianapolis Colts yeah. anyway for kind of bungling this whole situation. So I think the smart money would be shut it down. If he's, you know, feeling that sore and you're taking cortisone shots, listen, I've taken plenty of cortisone shots. Well, things are no joke, man. You can only take but so many in a year. Yeah, you certainly got to play the long game with yeah. this guy. Trust the process like the Sixers, the right? Process. Shut him down. They didn't shut him down already. The Sixers, oh, he, they were in charge mad. of this. He already mad. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Appreciate you, bro. Yeah. I'm out of shape. 
Uh, very out of shape from my expectations, and rightfully so. I haven't been able to play throughout the preseason. I played one game, re-injured my ankle. Uh, I don't like where I'm at right now, uh, but, you know, we got some practice. These games are going to help me out, but I'm, uh, I'm out of shape. But the most important thing is we got the win. Say, bro, 41 minutes, 29, 16, and 9 assists. Scored or assisted on 12 of the 16 Cavs points in clutch time. Guarded Kyrie on the last shot, then appeared to bear the hatchet with the kid. Respect. Or was that more like when Raheem and he made Bishop and Q hug it out at Steele's crib? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, last time I fought for the banana in the tailpipe from LeBron. Total game time decision, my foot. Dude puts out more workout videos than Richard Simmons. Right. <laughs> talking about he out of shape. Right. Seriously. So Steven Jackson is here. Um, what were your impressions of the Cavs? Because like I was saying yesterday, we know what LeBron's going to bring to the table. But it seems like, as expected, that chemistry with Wade, Rose, Brown on the floor is certainly a work in progress. Yeah, I think it's going to take a little more time than people think. Um, you got a lot of dominant guys out there, guys that can score. It's going to take a little time. I think uh, you really got to get guys like Gerald Smith happy because he's going to be big if they want to be successful in this season. I think guys like Jeff Green, they're saying that Jeff Green can definitely play. He's giving them great minutes. They're seeing, they're seeing great minutes from certain guys, but I think guys like Gerald Smith need to get going. You know, uh, Derrick Rose needs to figure his way out so this team can be successful. Right, what about on the flip side? We talked about Gordon Hayward's injury. Uh, Kyrie probably going to have to carry even more of the load. Got more of the responsibility than maybe he even asked for. Right. Uh, what are your expectations for the Celtics now that uh, Hayward's down for the count? Well, my expectations still the same. You know, I think they, they got a great young coach. Yep. Kyrie is, a, is still the same, as in challenging for the Eastern Crown. I still think so because the East is still not what we what it used to be. It still, still belongs to the king. It still belongs to the king. All right. But those two, three, four spots are still the same. Washington Wizards and Celtics. I still, I still got them up there. I still think they can get uh, one of those top seeds for the for the Eastern for the Eastern Conference. And also, um, I, lo- I just love Kyrie. I-, I love his focus right now. They have a great young coach. Marcus Smart is going to come into his own. You see, yeah. he had a great game last night. I think he steps they, in and starts. And now. then the young kid gets a chance to gets a chance to to grow early. With Gordon Hayward being out. So, I like it. I can't wait to see it. All right. So, let's move on to the other game. So, Warriors, they got their rings. Then went out and got their 34 assists and 36 fast break points. The Kevin Durant didn't get off the game winner in time. And the Rockets came back from as many as 17 down to get a rare win against the Warriors. Without getting much from CP3, who got to watch from the bench down the stretch. Somebody said we don't take it seriously, defense. Well, obviously they don't take it seriously either. The Rockets feeling themselves, and like I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to just jump to conclusions after one game because right. it, the Warriors could have certainly, for, not for a split second, come out of there with a win last night. But I believe one of the reasons why Chris Paul was so hyped is because he had lost seven straight to the Warriors, right. and the Rockets as a team had lost eleven of twelve. Not saying this is a predictor for the playoffs. But at certain, you got to learn how to beat them in the regular season first before you can even think about beating them in the playoffs. Was there more significance to the first game than just one win? It means nothing. Nothing? It means not even nothing. a little bit, Steve? It means nothing. This is the first game of the season. This is, will not be the same Golden State team you see in the first round or second round of playoffs. I guarantee it's going to be a totally different team. And a lot of people say a lot about defense. If you look at the last play of the game when KD had to take that second shot, who made him take that dribble? James Harden. So defense, they are thinking defense a little bit. I think, you know, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't think they're a defensive team like Golden State. 
but they have to play. They have to practice defense a bit. Better defense team to be successful. This game means nothing. So you said that it's not the same Golden State Warriors team that we're gonna see down the road. That no. as in they'll get better as the season goes right. on. So All right. Well, ex- well, that's what I was about to get to. I mean, look how terrible at least for one game, Chris Paul and James Harden look when they shared the court together. So. Assuming that they figure out how to play more together, I know Mike D'Antoni wants to stagger them and not have them on the court all that much to begin with, but I can't see Chris Paul ending the game on the bench like this. To me, it was about getting points from Mute and P.J. Tucker and those guys. Look, the Warriors scored a lot of points, but I'm pretty sure they were in the 20s in the fourth quarter. Right. So the Rockets, I guess I'm not trying to say it means that the Rockets can hang with the Warriors when it really matters. Right. But you got to start somewhere, and I thought this was an excellent start to say, hey, we can come into your building and beat you. Like, I'm not telling you nothing. You don't know. If right. you go believe that you can go in and beat them come play all time, right. don't you have to experience it before you can actually imagine it? Well, it's, it's a great point. When I was with the Warriors, the, the year we beat Dallas, number one seed, we beat them. We destroyed them regular season. So it was mental. When we came in the playoffs, we knew we could beat them. So we had that confidence. Yeah. So it definitely matters. But if I put them and, uh, and, and the Warriors at the starting line, I know who's going to finish first. No, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm not with you. I'm, I'm getting twisted. I ain't, saying, I ain't saying I'm changing my pick right, up the right, one. I'm right. just saying that was a pretty uh, – mentally, it psychologically, was that was a big – I talked about the Celtic psychological hurdles. Yeah. That was a big psychological win for the Houston Rockets. Great first day. Um, you look like – I know you represent PAT, but that's Detroit Red right there, dog. It. I'm, I'm, that's suit. That's my boy Jalen Rose. Man. He's the first to do it. Man, that's awesome. <laughs> I think it was very important for, for me and James to spend a lot of time together this summer. But James is a gym rat, and he just loves to hoop, just like the other guys on the team. We haven't played any games or nothing like that yet, but I'm, I'm having an amazing time. All right, you can see Chris Paul's Chapter 3. Is that Kevin Hart? That begins Thursday at 7 Eastern on ESPN. The entire docuseries available on the ESPN app and on demand. Welcome back to SportsCenter. That's Ben Simmons, the rookie for the Sixers. Missed last season with a broken foot. Makes his regular season debut tonight as the Sixers face off against the Wizards here in Washington, D.C. As the opening week of the 2017-18 NBA season gets underway. Hello, everyone. With Jeff Van Gundy and Doris Burke, Mike Breen on hand. Everybody excited this week to kick off the season. But these two franchises have seasons ahead with a lot of potential and a lot of promise. Doris, let's start with Philadelphia. Boy, these fans can't wait. And because all this young talent they've accumulated is now finally healthy. And it all starts with the big guy, Joel Embiid. Well, we've only had a short sample size, Mike. 31 games a year ago. Brett Brown still has to manage the minutes restrictions, but won't be easy. There is no question except his health, because when he steps between the lines, folks, look out. We're talking about seven foot, 250 pounds of pure athlete with a little nasty streak. And the offensive skill set, everything's there. Yes, he can post you up. He can face up and make jump shots. He can even stretch the three-point territory. But maybe my favorite thing about him, his competitive nastiness, Jeff, and he's got a great running mate in Ben Simmons. He absolutely does. He's the front runner for Rookie of the Year uh, this year because of his unique skills. He's a point guard in a 6'10 frame. He's got the ability to push with elite speed. He's actually a left-handed player that finishes better to his right. And then he can finish up over the top. But what sets him apart are two skills he showed in college. Elite passing skills and a great rebounding presence. You don't realize just how big he is until you see him on the floor. He's all of six foot ten. And they're using the P 
keyword in Philadelphia, playoffs, certainly a possibility. Meanwhile, for the Washington Wizards, they want a lot more than that. Last year, they got to Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Semifinals. Best season in 38 years. They think they can take the next step. Are they legitimate contenders, Jeff, to win the East? I think the East is more open now, Mike, than it's been in the last few years. And I think Washington has an opportunity. John Wall starts the year off healthier than he did last year. Secondarily, I think they have a better bench. Kelly Oubre, I think, is about to have a breakout year. And I think the third thing, Mike, is they have continuity. They have an ability now to know what Scott Brooks wants, and they've got that elite backcourt, Doris. They sure do. It's been the foundation of this franchise since they both arrived here. They're both still in their mid to early 20s, and what a tandem. I mean, they complement one another perfectly. End-to-end, John Wall with the ball in his hands might be the fastest guard in the league. His ability to get them early offense before a defense can set in transition at the rim before you can look up, and he's an exceptional passer who has learned on the fly to run a team. And then how about this compliment, Jeff? A year ago, Bradley Beal, the sweet shooting two-guard who set a franchise record for threes made. He's deadly. He can stretch the defense. They average 46 points between them, 13 boards. Mike, you can't ask for much more. High hopes for the Wizards. The fans are fired up. A sellout crowd expected tonight. Why not? It's opening night for the Wizards and the Sixers coming up shortly. Right now, let's go to L.A. and Michelle Beadle. Thank you, lady and gents. Welcome inside Studio H here in L.A. with Chauncey Billups, Jalen Rose, Paul Pierce in the blue. I'm Michelle Beadle. Uh, look, 76ers, we've got to talk about this. Plan to limit Embiid's minutes to under 20, oh which seems like the fans are being ripped off here. Are they being too cautious? I mean, I think so. I'm, I'm like him. I'm, I'm disappointed. I'm mad. I mean, he was very upset about, yep. about having to be put on that minute restriction. Every time I see this kid play, he's special. I just want to see him play more. That's all I want. Yeah, I like to see him get 30 to 35 minutes. I mean, he's in his early 20s. He's showing he, – we're just getting a taste of him. I'm yeah. like, you know, I'm tired of getting a taste of him. I want the whole load now. Yeah. Let's see what he can do over the course of 35 minutes, over the course of 82 games. I mean, I just think we continue to get teased by him, and it's been <laughs> three years. We can all appreciate his size, his physicality, and his talent. We feel like he's a franchise-changing player. We all agree he deserves his maximum contract. But you guys want him out there playing minutes yep. like Anthony Davis? 20, though? Under 20? He played three, he 31 had games three years three off. Years. That's right. Let him get used Greg to it. We just want to see the process talent, come to fruition. Yeah. He, he needs to, to play start, more games. He needs to start carrying couple. the load that you're going to expect them to carry as a franchise player. Here's I'm glad. Wait, can I? I'm glad you brought up franchise player carrying the load, all that kind of money, because um, we want to touch base a little bit on the second game of our doubleheader. Because we'll be back to this obviously at halftime when we see what Embiid has you done. You know what I like about what, it, what Embiid did? What? He waited till he got paid before he got his cornrows. Vet move, young fella. Vet move. <laughs> Anywho, uh, Lamarcus he signed a 72 million dollar extension. Smart move by the Spurs? You know what? I don't like this. Okay. I'll tell you why. Because let's just say this doesn't work out. The combination of Aldridge and Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. You know, I don't see the Spurs being better than a, a four seed this year. So now you have a player who's up there in age. He's declining. And then he becomes untradeable. If you can see that this doesn't work out this year, you have an asset. He's in the last year of his deal. You can trade him for some younger assets and move forward. Now, you pretty much have... A, a player who's untrainable. Wow. The Spurs can't be better than the fourth seed? That's depressing. Well, I like OKC. Oh, I like we, Houston. We're going to get back to that. I like Golden State. We're going to get back to that. All right. Well, I like that. But I, I think that, first of all, the Spurs don't make very many mistakes. Very measured in the way that they move. I think they, they did the right thing, giving him the contract um, extension. 
Because you look at it and you say, okay, can we get a better player for this amount of money mm. in the free agent market? Probably not. You give them another year to kind of get comfortable with the team, get comfortable with Kawhi being a second option. That is gonna, that's, that's taking he, some he's time. He's 32 years old. I feel a few ways about this. We can't judge players anymore by their salaries. We only talk about uh, this in the NBA and the NFL. I appreciate Gary Harris's potential in Denver. He just got mm-hmm. a $84 million deal. Marcus Aldridge did average 17 points, seven rebounds, and in today's league, it actually makes him tradable because he has a few years okay. left on it. Well, you touched on some positivity. Why don't we take a look we at some go. of these? Okay. This is First last end. season. I, I, well, we, I'm trying to be unbiased. But here's what we got to take into, I mean, those numbers into, into consideration. I'm not saying he's a bad player. But for his personal career, just it's not great. In the long run, as a Spurs, Kawhi's 26 years old. Lamarcus is 32. You want to build for the long run. Now, if you're stuck with this guy. So who are you going to build? By the way, you sound like when you're stuck in a marriage and you look at each other, you're like, eh. If you have a (laughs) chance to trade Aldridge for some young assets to line them up with Kawhi's prime, then you put yourself in a better position. This is why you sign him, so now you can possibly trade him for those assets. But I I don't think he's trading. If he builds the value. but, But here's what we normally don't see the Spurs do, to your point. They just gave not only LaMarcus, but Powell. That's $120 million total this summer. Yeah, that's the one. And with the way the NBA is going, Powell and LaMarcus, I don't see them playing together. Not at all. So if you got Gasol coming off the bench at 37, yep. you know, I mean, making year. 16, 17 million a year. You know, you got Aldridge at center, which eventually he's going to have to start playing. Or if he's not playing this year, then Gasol backing him up. Yeah. You just put $40 million into your center position. Let's talk Utes, shall we? Uh, a lot of rookies making their debut tonight. Who are you looking forward to the most? I'm looking for the guy that Mr. Big Shot did a terrific interview with oh. on our rookies production. And that you oh, did yeah. five of them. Oh. But Dennis Smith <laughs> Jr., that's who I'm looking forward to. It's somebody that played under Rick Carlisle while he was associate head coach of Indiana. I understand that he's going to make this Ooh. young man challenge himself every day in oh, practice. Uh, he's versatile, not only scoring from three, but mid-range and on the post. I think... In a league with Ben Simmons and Lonzo Ball, that young man is going to be rookie of the year. Looking forward to seeing him as well. But Josh Jackson, I love his intensity, his competitive fire. He's going to do a lot of things that won't show up on the stat sheet that we look at every single day. I think he'll be better with a team that was ready to win and ready to go because he can just fit right in. I'm looking forward to seeing this guy, just how good he can really be. But tonight, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. You know, I could easily be biased. Josh Jackson. You could. Kansas guy. I can say yesterday Jason Tatum, but I think Ben Simmons. I've been wanting to see this kid for the last couple years. This kid is 6'9", 6'10", with great ball handling. I think we're all intrigued by his skill set. So I'm looking forward to see this combination of him and Embiid for the near future. Is he? And who? Embiid. (laughs) Embiid. Embiid. So, Listen, is, he, is he on a minute restriction? Is Ben Simmons on <laughs> a minute restriction be. too? I want to put this on wax. We'll be like, back. Like DeAndre Jordan and Tristan Thompson, you better. I think Ben Simmons shoots with the wrong hand. There you go. Back to Michael <laughs> and Bristol. All right, so Louisville fired its AD with cause today after the men's basketball program was linked to the FBI investigation into fraud and corruption in recruiting. This comes two days after Louisville's athletic board voted to fire Rick Pitino. Here's Pitino with Jay Billis. The federal government is alleging that a Louisville assistant uh, requested a payment from an Adidas representative to provide to a Louisville recruit. It was alleged to be $100,000. Did you know anything about that? No. 
One of the toughest things you have to do, and hope you never do it, is take a lie detector test. You have a blood pressure machine, you're wired up, and I, asked, I was asked two questions. I said, and I want you to ask me if any other recruits in my tenure were ever given anything. And he said, that's not what we're here for. We're here for, did you have any knowledge of the Bowen family getting any money? Did you have any knowledge of an Adidas transaction? And I answered, absolutely not on both questions and passed the lie detector test. So I had no knowledge of any of this. All right, uh, full combo on SportsCenter after Timberwolves Spurs. Plus, you get a breakdown of Ben Simmons' first career NBA game and Jimmy Butler's first game with the Wolves. All right, going back to last night's opener, the Warriors got really big rings and some nice custom hoodies. This one says nice. Not even a Warriors fan, but I can get with it. But the rings, though, okay? 31 trapezoid diamonds for the regular season road wins. 36 blue sapphires for regular season home wins. One or two Larry O'Brien trophies under the ring, depending on if you won in 2015. Every player's number around the top. Roman numeral for the postseason record. Five trophies for the franchise championships. More diamonds than any other championship ring across all four major sports. Can I, can I get a replica of that joint? You know who actually should get one? It's fake Clay Thompson. I mean, John B. might have to move over. Like, this dude, you lose a few pounds and get you a three-pointer? Clay could take some nights off. Steve Kerr asked about the fake, heavier-looking Clay, and he said, I thought it was the perfect metaphor for our conditioning. Great sense of humor that guy has. That, that dude is awesome. Sure, we've not seen the last of him. Take him on the road, which is. Uh, speaking of lookalikes, I thought that was Kobe Bryant, too, when I saw him. This is some dude that worked at an airport. Not sure which airport. Found it on the internet. Even laughs like Kobe. I think this is not the first time he's gotten this. Wears the Kobe glasses and laughs like him, too. Now, completely drawing the Lakers-Warriors connection, Swaggy P made his Warriors debut last night. Footnote, though, but he appeared to enjoy himself. 6-7 behind the arc, 23 points in 26 minutes. He said he wasn't passing, so <laughs> he's right at home. Celebrations and everything. Hey, let's celebrate Damian Lillard. Debuting at number 32 on Billboard's Emerging Artist Chart. Following his studio album, Confirmed. I, I still have not listened to Lillard's stuff, but I know he's got bars. I haven't heard this album, but congratulations. Obviously, Blazers in action tonight without C.J. McCollum, so I could see Damian Lillard going off to open the season and in celebration of hitting number 32. Hey, before I call it a day, let me tell you, we had a good day. Uh, Yankees fans remember this. 40 years ago, Reggie Jackson, this is when he became Mr. October. Three home runs in three swings in Game 6 of the World Series. It's the Dodgers propelling them to an 8-4 win and giving George Steinbrenner, the late George Steinbrenner, the first of his six World Series titles. He might end up with Yankees-Dodgers again, depending on how things play out. Also, shout out to Chris Long of the Eagles, donating the remainder of his 2017 salary. His next 10 game checks add up to about 625 grand. That's to the Pledge 10 for Tomorrow campaign. That's a charitable initiative that encourages people to make donations to improve equal education opportunities.